everybody, and welcome to the Dissociated Press Podcast. I'm David Fears. Today I got to catch up with a uh, old, with an old friend of mine from college. Uh, we've managed to stay in contact over the years, but uh, I don't I don't think we've actually seen each other in probably about 17 years in person. <laughs> so um, it was a lot of fun. It was, and it took a lot of editing because both of us are from Minnesota. And we say a lot of things like, uh, and you know, <laughs> so I had to cut some of that stuff out just to make it a little bit more uh, palatable for your ears. Um, this interview was, like I said, it was a lot of fun, borderline on the weird at times. And uh, we talked about our past uh, drug abuse. And we also discussed uh, suicide attempts and... The one time that I was named an eyewitness after the fact in a murder investigation. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I appreciate everything. Uh, if you if you think that anything in this uh, episode or any of the other episodes could help somebody that you know that's struggling, uh, please share it with them. If you're following on Facebook, leave some feedback for me. You know, or if you want to be a guest on the show, send me a message. Thanks a lot and enjoy. Oh, well, happy birthday. I didn't, I, I, I actually didn't know that you were older than me. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> what, what year were you born in 79? Yeah, I was in 79. Yeah. Uh, what month? January. So, oh, I, yeah. okay. So, yeah, I was born September 29th, 78. Okay. So you're, so you're a few uh, months younger, younger than me. Yeah. Yeah, that's just kind of like those. Uh, kind of like that weird fear thing that I think a lot of people have. Uh, I know that my sister told me about some poetry that she found that she wrote when she was like 16. And, you know, uh -huh. it was all like, you know, dark, moody teenager, like, I'm never going to live to see 18, you know, because I'm 16 right now and my life is not going that well. <laughs> so kind of shit, you know. And, uh, and... Yeah, you know, so she just recently found it and was like, "Oh my god," you know, because yeah, I think I I think when I was like 15 or 16, I'm like I kind of went through a similar thing where it's like, I, "There's no way I'm gonna live past 18," and then when I got to 18, I'm like, "There's no way I'm gonna live past 25," and then at 25, there's like, "There's no way I'm gonna live past 30," and then. Well, you know, Jesus died on his, you know, when he was 33, so there's no way I'm going to live past 33. And then, <laughs> and then my family kind of started this thing when my brother turns 34, 
when he turned 33, they threw him uh, a party called As Old As Jesus. And then, and then when he was, and then when he was thirty-four, they threw him a party that said that was called uh, "Older Than Jesus." His "Older Than Jesus" oh. birthday party. <laughs> like you've, congratulations! You've been on the earth officially longer than Jesus was. So. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> no, no, no. Just well, I've had past life experiences. Oh yeah. 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 Well, you know how I told you I studied a spiritual path when we went to school together? Yeah. Yeah, well, well, one of the things you it helps you learn is your past lives to understand your personality and stuff like that. Okay. And, and in my past life before this life, you know? Yeah. I died when I was 43. Oh, that that's how it, so that's how it's like that's why I'm here turning 43 I don't think I'm gonna die you know <laughs> yeah. but but it's just you know since I remember dying at this age I don't know what it's gonna be like to get old again <laughs> yeah well you know what's you know it's interesting I don't know about I, you know I don't really know about past lives and you know spirit travel and how that you know like reincarnation and all that stuff goes but uh oh yeah but i i mean wouldn't it be funny if you got to double that this time and then died when you were 86 that way you could tell everybody in the soul realm dude god just fucking 86 me (laughs) (laughs) whoa 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 i mean I'm, I'm into some weird shit, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I can go down some weird, weird alleys. Yeah. Because I'm, in, I'm into UFOs and, you know, well, I am aliens, you know? Yeah. And I, and I know you believe in aliens because I remember on one of your podcasts you said, I thought the Anunnaki were sending me messages through the TV. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was in I was in a severe drug psychosis yeah. when that happened. So I've actually oh, yeah. I've actually had uh, multiple experiences with um, with alien beings while I was on drugs. So, <laughs> but, oh, okay. Uh, but you know, I mean, well, you hear about? Uh, do you ever? Uh, watch like uh have you watched the midnight gospel or listen to any of like uh joe rogan's stuff about his dmd tri- dmt trips and things oh, like yeah, that yeah yeah uh, yeah because they all say that stuff like they all were like oh yeah i had this dmt and i talked to an alien for eight hours i woke up and it had only been like 20 minutes you know i'm like <laughs> you know so, oh yeah and, but yeah, you, oh, oh there was I, there was well one. i mean the only hallucinogens i've done are uh, mushrooms. Yeah, there was there was one story that I heard. It might have been on like Comedy Central. They have uh, tales from the tales from the trip. I think it's called. Uh, it's oh, just like okay. it's a little segment that they do, or they have somebody famous talking about this. Well, it, you know ab- about their experience on drugs, and uh, the one guy said that he had, you know, he'd taken a lot of DMT trips. And he had what he called a, a purple girlfriend in the in the other realm, you know, in like the DMT realm, wherever that is. But uh-huh. <laughs> um, 
and so he gave this guy that he knew, this guy wanted to do a DMT trip, and so he was like, yeah, okay, cool. So he gave this guy, you know, he gave this guy a, you know, a dose of whatever, however that works. I don't know the dosage of DMT. I've never had that experience, but um, he gave this guy a dose and this guy tripped out, you know, and then woke up like, you know, 20, 30 minutes later. And he said, man, they love you over there. And he's like, what do you mean? He was like, he was like, started to tell him about his trip and how all these little like creatures were around him and stuff, all these little like entities and stuff. And he said, man, they love you over there. And, and then he said, oh, and the purple girl said to tell you that she, that she loves you and that she misses you. <laughs> so this guy had never talked about this to his purple girlfriend to anyone, you know, in the DMT realm. And then gave this guy a, a dose, and then he came back and said, "Hey, yeah, uh, the there's a purple girl over there. She says you're like, you're, she's your girlfriend, <laughs> and she just wants you to know that she misses you." <laughs> but you know what? The way that I the way that I look at stuff like that now, especially um, things like doing dissociative drugs, which you know, like hallucinogens or uh, you know, anything that you know uh, will take you out, get take you out of your body. But it, oh yeah, uh, is I would rather I would rather be in this reality, and I would rather you know I'm like no, I get it, I understand this the the need to escape into religion or into drugs, you know, into like a high, you know, because then you're in control. You know, like you're kind of in control of what's happening and what you feel, you know, um, I think that for me, that was why it was so, uh, why I, why I really liked drugs the first time I tried them, uh, was the fact oh, that, yeah. was, was the fact that I could control how I felt. I was unhappy and I didn't like the way I was feeling and I couldn't stop feeling that way. Same and, here. Yeah. And so then I found drugs and that gave me the control that gave me some control over how I felt you know I was didn't know it at the time but also self-medicating for the the diseases that I do have that are incurable you know uh -huh. <laughs> um, bipolar is incurable borderline personality disorder is incurable like there are medications that you can take to to help you know to to help with you know the effects of those those uh, illnesses but there's no cure. Oh, yeah. And well, like, like I used to be on Ritalin and whatnot because they diagnosed me with, like, ADHD. So they put me, put me on Ritalin and a bunch of other drugs like that. Yeah. And so I wasn't always in my the classes that some of my classmates were, you know, that put me in not special ed, but something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, so I wasn't learning what everyone else was learning because of a learning disability. So, well, anyways, when I got into high school, that's kind of when I started. I started smoking pot, you know. Didn't hang out with anyone in my grade because I have social anxiety. So I kind of hung out with younger kids. I was kind of an outcast, I just did my thing and stuff like that, you know? Mm -hmm. But 
but but I'm not a popular person by far. Yeah, and I, I, I've know. never been popular. I, I, I always kind of felt like when I went to school, because I had similar mm-hmm. problems, like, and we moved so much and that I was in so many different schools, like, I, at, at some point, I just lost the desire to make friends. Because I'm like, yep. well, we're going to move in another three months or another six months, so what's the point in getting to know anybody since we're just going to move again? And, and I, like, when I think back to, to my experience in middle school and stuff like that, uh, and in high school, um, I like I, I I remember that there were all these kids that would kind of like want to hang out with me and stuff, even though I didn't really want to hang out with anybody. Uh, but they were like the kids that everybody else had rejected, like oh, the ones yeah. that, and they would rally around me. Sometimes, like when I was in eighth grade, I remember. Um, I remember all these kid, all these kids that used to like uh, come up and talk to me and stuff. And hey, what like want actually want to be my friend and stuff? Like we were just hanging out, we were having lunch together out out in the courtyard or something. And um, my friends and I were shooting each other with with paper clips, you know, and the rubber bands, like you know, just. But that's just our circle of friends, right? So then uh, I had. Uh, was standing there just talking to, uh, I think this kid's name was Chad or something. I can't remember, but, uh, I was standing there just talking to some people and, and, uh, I got shot in the face with a paperclip by this kid oh. named, by this other kid who was, uh, not in my circle of friends and just was like trying to start a fight with me or something. I don't know. And then when I went to, I started walking over to go kick his ass and they pulled me back and they were like, no, 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 no. His brothers, his bro, like, dude, his whole family. This was in Houston. This was in like, uh, uh, Houston, Texas, or just right outside. Like, I mean, uh, the, a suburb of Houston that's like literally the, you know, I think the, the Houston city limit was just like a mile down the road or something, you know? And, oh, yeah. And on the, you know, and it definitely wasn't like the the best part of Houston. It was, yeah, technically a suburb, but it was still, um, it it was still there was still a lot of gang activity and shit in that. Area. Oh, okay. You know, and so they stopped me, and they were like, "No, his family will kill you, like for real." <laughs> you know, so I had I I stopped. And <laughs> thankful, thankful that they. Uh, that, uh, you know, I didn't get my whole fucking family killed by picking a fight with some kid in the schoolyard. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, well anyways, in, like in high school, mm-hmm. I had, um, uh, I did, I hung out with people, but not that much, you know, because I'm kind of a loner. Yeah. But I got, got depressed and stuff like that. And like, uh, I was like, you know, suicidal. But it kept on like self-medicating with meth and uh, and weed. Then I, I like I smoked so much weed that I smoked myself out of depression. <laughs> yeah, you know. So you know, I mean, what I yeah. what I found with that uh, is that once you stop this, you know, it's like it seems to come back. 
like it wasn't my like it was almost like my depression didn't go away because I I had a similar experience you know I'm like I just didn't like oh, feeling yeah. that way and every time I would smoke I would be happy but man as soon as I stopped it was like all those problems that I was trying to avoid or trying to uh, ignore or trying to cover up with that stuff uh, they were still there you know <laughs> oh, oh yeah no and, like no but like when I was working at in high school like. I did meth, you yeah. know, uh, you know, take a bump before it work, you know, and just fly, fly through washing those dishes or whatever I was doing. How, how I, I kicked meth was, you know, I, like, I went to Job Corps, you know, after high school, mm -hmm. and I went there all tw tweaked out and stuff like that, you know, like, I, I weighed like 130 pounds when I was on meth and uh, when I got off of it I jumped to my baseline is I guess 160 pounds so I, I got clean off of it then when I moved where I'm at in the Twin Cities uh, actually you've been to my house and well anyways uh, I met this chickie that worked at the gas station across the street mm -hmm. and she was doing meth and I hung out with her, did math a few times. Then, like, like the last time I, like, I bought bought some from him, mm -hmm. meth, and it was fucking fruit fresh. <laughs> Is that like yeah, a they, salt? Is that like a preservative salt? No, no, it's no, it's like no, it's like some uh, aerosol or type thing. Is like. Yeah, something that emits like smell. Oh. You know, our deal carpet cleaner or something oh my like God. that. Oh. And fucking I got pissed, I was like, I ain't doing this shit anymore. I just get I was just pissed off. I, I haven't touched it ever since. That was like two thousand one. Well good for you, man. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. I mean yeah, uh I I actually didn't and uh, didn't use meth uh, until I moved up to the area that I live in now. And oh, okay. I can't remember how old I was. It started out as an Adderall addiction, you know? Um, <clears throat> like, uh... Was this out Because didn't you move up there? Because I, I know when you were married yeah, to yeah. Lisa, <sighs> yeah, we, like, I, I saw you after college and stuff like that, but did you move up there before you went to school, where we met? Yeah, I had, okay, so what happened was Lisa and I got married January 4th of 2003. Okay. Uh, a month later, or about a month and a half later was when we realized that she was pregnant. So she got pregnant right after we got married. Um, then I stayed, but for that time, I stayed down in the cities, uh, down in Bloomington with my, um, uh, with my mom and my stepdad and my sister because I was going to college and yeah, yeah, she yeah. had a place. Yeah. She like Lisa's family is from up here. So, uh, she had a place that, uh, in Hibbing and, uh, would come down on the weekends or I would come up on the weekends, but throughout the week I was at school and working and stuff like that too. So, um, and then at, right after, uh, 
that term ended, I moved up here. Uh, yep, yep. And, uh, and then, yeah, and I think, yeah, we did, we went back for the graduation in, you know, that October or something like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Actually, I'm looking at my photo. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I actually just came. I I have. I actually came across the demo tape that we made uh, for studio for our studio class. Yeah. <laughs> so with all the ads on it, but it's a VHS, and I don't have a VHS player. Uh, I know I can take it to Walgreens and get it done there, like have them convert it to a DVD. Which oh, I, would, yeah. I would love to because man, we had some we had some of those <laughs> some of those commercials are great, man. Uh, oh yeah, I, I remember uh, that uh, Tanzanian soldiers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was like so, you, so uh, weird. I'm like, all right, all right. It's like, I, I know, I know it line for line. It's like, are you my Catholic league? <laughs> and you have trouble getting all the girls. Try some of the amazing Tanzanian soldiers. It's in a cancel black. It's hard to see in the. Daylight. It'd be funny to put it up on YouTube. Yeah, I know. That's that's what I was thinking. It'd be funny to upload that shit because, <laughs> dude, there like when I was younger, like we would. My mom, she had a high eight camcorder, and so we would do our own skits. We we got like some wigs and some cigars, and we had some vodka that my mom brought back from Russia. Russia, <laughs> and we and. And we had like these sunglasses, so we put on the wigs and had the cigars, and we had the vodka. We we're playing Elkies in the Alley. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> then we did uh, Pyromania Worshiping Hour. <laughs> had, That's a we had, great like, title. A cloak on and a and a and a candle. And someone like worshiping the flame, then um, we had it like a master would appear out of nowhere, you know, just stop the recording and have the actor on and hit record. Mm -hmm. So, so we made it look like, you know, this master appeared and he's like getting worshiped and he's sitting there spraying WD 40 on, on the flame, you know, oh, yeah, saying, <laughs> yeah, and we did, and I have found like one of my dad's like penthouse comic books. Okay. I mean, and we we'd have dirty time, the story time, and my friend would sit there and read the story, read the the words on each yeah. page. Oh god, that's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> it was funny. Yeah, yeah we we just did we did a bunch of crazy skits and stuff like that yeah you know some uh, something you would see on like uh youtube or something you know yeah i had a found i remember when i was a kid i think it was uh, i think i was probably around 10 years old or so like my brother had called me into the master bedroom because he had yep. looked, uh, he had found some uh some penthouse mags or something in there but he also found uh, a couple of guns. Uh, thankfully, thankfully they weren't loaded. You know, um, oh, you know, yeah. and this was, and this was, you know, 1989. I don't, I don't even know if they had trigger locks back then. You know, uh, as far as like safety mechanisms. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
but uh, I just remember him like handing me the gun and how heavy it was and like because it was a it was a, a Smith and Wesson 357 which is it's you know I mean for a kid for a kid yeah mm-hmm yep oh, okay. so for a kid to be holding that is I mean that thing was massive in my ten year old hand you know oh yeah uh, <laughs> you know and you know and I think he also found like a uh, like a like a tech nine or something, you know? Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I know my dad eventually got rid of all that stuff. Um, you know, and I, I told him when I, you know, years later that we had found all that stuff. He got mad at me for having, uh, when I was a teenager, he got pissed at me because I had some porn mags in my room and, uh, and, and, you know, and, I, and then I was like, well, you know, how can you tell me that it's not okay to look at this when you, you know, we found your shit, you know, and he apologized and he was oh. like, I am sorry. I never should have had that stuff. I thought I had it hidden where you guys couldn't find it. And, <laughs> and, and this is not to embarrass my dad that, you know, I'm not saying any of this stuff because I want my dad to be embarrassed because everybody makes mistakes and, you know, mm -hmm. um, it, but yeah, it was it was nice of I, I I think you know I feel that it was nice of him to that to take the time and actually talk to me even though at the even though it was you know at the time I was a lost cause you know like his uh -huh. everything he said I didn't appreciate at the time but eventually I did you know whatever thirty years later I do so <laughs> you know oh yeah yeah but uh, yeah no I, I I can appreciate that you know. Um, yeah, uh, you know, I, uh, that was one thing that I had mentioned when I got married that, you know, oh, well, we should get a gun, you know, she was, no, no fucking way, absolutely not, no guns in this house, and then two years later, both of us lose our fucking gun rights, so, <laughs> so I, I mean, there are guns that I can own, I haven't needed one yet, so, and I like to shoot guns. You know, because oh, uh, yeah. I, I have. Are you, I, are you allowed to shoot a gun, or just you can't own one? Uh, I can't own one. I think if I got caught shooting one, I'd probably get in trouble. But you know, I mean, I've gone and shot guns with you know friends before, just out in the woods or whatever, just shooting at stuff. Oh, okay. I mean, even even within just the last couple of years, it's fun. It's good. It's it's fun to shoot shit and to see how good your tar how good your aim is, and all that stuff. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah, well well I, I got I just got my concealed carry permit like a couple months ago. Oh, and yeah. you know, I, I work security so I have like a Glock forty five with a, a track trace uh, green light laser on it. It uh, Glock forty five it's a it's a nine millimeter handgun has mm -hmm. seventeen rounds in the clip and plus one in the chamber. Oh, that should be enough. <laughs> and and the, when I took my shooting test for my concealed carry, like yeah, I used that gun. You know, it was before I had the laser on it, but I got like a Glock twenty three. It's an old police gun, forty cal. Mm -hmm. Plus, uh, uh, I paid like three fifty for it. That sportsman's guy. Yeah. And uh, and and the cool thing about 
Glocks, they're really easy to like take apart. Like you can take a uh, a Glock 19 barrel and put in the 23, and you can uh, use the same clips. So I can convert my uh, my Glock 23 to a nine mil if I wanted to, but it's, it has a little bigger recoil than the nine, but. They're pretty much the same, and I'm I'm a pretty good shot though. <laughs> nice, yeah. Like like I got a picture of me holding my uh, target, and I got some. They're all in the center mass. <laughs> oh wow, yeah. Well, I mean that's the that's if you were being attacked or whatever, that's where you would aim, you know, with body oh, mass. Oh, so. oh yeah. And that's another thing too. It's like I I. I'm kind of glad that I that I don't have one. I don't think you know. I mean, I've I've, I've struggled with suicidal ideations my entire oh, life. Yep. I've never actually yep. uh, attempted like quick suicide. I mean, I know that I know that there's risky behavior. You know, doing shit like you know just hooking up with random strangers at the bar or uh, you know and not using protection. Or you know, smoking cigarettes or whatever. You know, there's like a, th- a million things you can do that can jeopardize your health. Oh uh, yeah. And so that's I've always been more prone to that style. I've never tried to hang myself. I've never tried to do any of that stuff. You know, uh, or shoot myself. Uh, but I don't know because I had some really dark times, man. And I, th- you know, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I, there's a good possibility that I may have, <laughs> you know, have, have at least attempted to, you know, to kill myself. There's actually, uh, one guy that i worked with, uh, right. It was, it was the place I was working at, uh, when we, when, uh, we graduated in, uh, October oh, okay. of 2000 and <clears throat> I'm sorry, 2004, I think it was, wasn't it? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, um, I, I had this, like, I, I had this job and I, one of my coworkers had actually had a failed suicide attempt and he, like when he was 16 and he had to have a lot of reconstructive surgery and stuff, you know, uh, but he basically blew his bottom jaw off with a shotgun ah, by ouch. putting it under his head. Yeah, or under his chin, and then using his toe to pull the trigger. He survived, and then, you know... But I remember, I was working in a in a place where I was doing direct care for uh, mm-hmm. for people that... Uh, our client, Most of our clients were non-verbal, non-ambulatory. Um, yep. And he, like, you know, and some of them had, had, had uh, pureed diets. Uh, yeah. So many times, like if they didn't eat it, he'd be like, "Oh, well, I'll eat it," you know, because <laughs> that's the only thing he could eat. His face hadn't been fully reconstructed, so. Oh yeah. But yeah, no, he yeah. was. Yeah, he told me. It, like, it wasn't like other people told me what happened. It's like he told me what what he did. So. Yeah. Well, well, it, it, it's weird. There's this guy. He used to be my neighbor. And, uh, like, he was a young kid, you know, probably, probably, like, 22, 23-ish. He was a father and whatnot. You know, I got to know him. You know, he had parties all the time. So, you uh, eventually we met and would hang out and 
like he must have been under stress because he had like three kids and stuff like that mm. i was told like he accidentally shot himself but yeah this guy accidentally because he had a revolver gun too probably like the one you handled when you're 10 years old yeah and you know and it's weird like like i didn't know what to think i mean i knew the guy he's a good 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 dude but it's like i'm just i guess i'm in shock you know yeah and you know and this happened probably like two years ago when he did that no two two and a half and you know but you know i've had dark times like i actually i i got drunk off of antifreeze I don't know how you're still alive, actually. That's really yeah. poisonous. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I imagine the hangover was pretty, pretty bad on that, huh? <laughs> yeah, like, like I don't, I like if I think about the taste. Yeah. Well, it has I'm a like, sweet ah, taste to ah, it. Ah, yeah, I know. I know, I, I know it has a sweet taste to it, and that's why dogs try to drink it and stuff. Like, you know, they they say like. You know, if you have like an antifreeze leak in your in your radiator or something like that, you got to keep your dog out of the garage or from wherever you park it. You know, the park park the vehicle because they'll mm-hmm. they'll get it and then they'll it dehydrates them, it kills them. You know, it's yeah. So man, I'm glad you're still alive. That's uh, oh oh yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I tried it in high school too. You know, but because yeah. I was going to use smoke. You know, because mm-hmm. uh, wood stove. Yeah. But I, I still cra- left a crack open for the outside. So I just woke up smelling really smoky. <laughs> oh, yeah. I yeah I I did a lot of dumb shit when I was a, when I was younger. Like I remember I I, I maced myself actually because my my step <laughs> like. Like, I didn't do it on purpose. I So what happened was, like, my dad had gone to, like, this gun show, and he bought, oh, okay. and he bought this can of, like, fucking bear mace or something. You know, I was like, uh, and, uh, and so he took, he, uh, he t- it was actually me and my friend that got maced, <laughs> actually. What happened was, uh, he showed me when he came home, he took a styrofoam plate and we went out to the garage and the garage door was open and he was like here check this out and he sprayed that mace you know and it's like you know it's compressed so it, it'll spray a jet like 15 feet or so you know and, oh yeah uh, and so he put that plate down on the on the floor you know on the floor of the garage you know with the garage door open and then shot it and it just like it started eating the styrofoam you know on, on the plate it was like melting the styrofoam and he was like yeah he was like, if anybody ever, you know, tries to mess with you when you got this stuff, you know, blah, 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 uh, you know, kind of things like, it'll burn their face off. <laughs> so I think oh, I yeah. had this, this friend come over, you know, uh, before my dad had gotten home one day and uh, he and I, like, uh, it was right when I first started using drugs. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like we went out back and we smoked a joint and then, 
And I'm like, oh, hey, check this shit out that my dad got. And I went in my dad's room and I got that can of, can of mace. <laughs> and I took him into the garage and with a styrofoam plate. I'm like, watch this shit. And we were both spraying the fucking foam plate, like taking turns, like spraying the, the styrofoam plate, watching it melt. And the fumes like just built up in the garage because we didn't have the garage door open. And then it was just like we were running in and splashing water on our faces and in our eyes. Like it burns so bad. Like I had I had a like just cold water running on my eyeball because that was the only thing that felt good. You know, like my head was <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah. And then of course I hid the evidence and you know, never never said anything about it ever again. So until now. So Oh, yeah. Like uh, when I was working at Sportsman's, yeah, someone, uh, like, accidentally discharged the pepper spray. Oh. And, and, and like, I inhaled some of the mist. That, yeah. that wasn't fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully, yeah, like, hopefully you didn't hit like any customers. Aerosolized heat, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's not fun, fun stuff, you know. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, and I'm, you know what's crazy is like I remember being in the I remember going into that uh, uh, into the sportsman's guide. It was like what was it like a distribution warehouse, but with a retail or like a wholesale store or a li liquidation. Okay, yeah, because I and you could. Yeah. Yeah, because it was huge, and I and it seemed like the the ceilings were really tall, and you know, like were really yeah. high up. So yeah, yeah, you must have been standing right over it because it seems like that would dissipate pretty quickly in an area like that. But yeah. oh yeah, well, well, they moved the entrance from probably when you went in. Yeah. But but oh yeah, because we went there because we were buying those light firing guns did we use them on a skit or something yeah and oh my gosh you remember so my mom was was uh undergoing cancer treatments at that time uh, and she had <laughs> you you, probably, you might remember this she had uh <laughs> yeah she had gotten some some uh, wigs donated to her from the american cancer society Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> and you know, but then she decided that she was just gonna go get a, a, a real one because she didn't like that style. She thought it was a little too like geriatric, I guess. Oh, you know, kind of yeah. like that. It, it, you know, like it just wasn't her style. So she went and got one that was like you know closer to what everybody was used to seeing. Yeah, I, I remember when I asked if we could use those. Uh, for uh, you know, for a production cl uh, classes and stuff, or uh, video production classes, and she said, yeah. "Man, we just had a ball. We had so much fun with those things." And Jesse and Will wearing those those old granny wigs. <laughs> so funny. Do you have that video? I oh man, I don't. But you know, Jesse probably does, or Don. You know, so. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that'd be funny. This, I was I there when you're filming them. I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I can't remember. It seemed like it, it might have just been, 
Man, I, yeah, it was so long ago. It's hard for me to remember. But oh, I wonder if it was... Yeah, uh, yeah. It might have been... I mean, you were there the whole time. But, you know, they used to split us up in, into di different groups and stuff, you know, or like... Because, you know, it's, I, I remember it was uh, me, you, Allison, and somebody else that went and did that... Uh, uh, it might have been Nikki or something. You know, one of the... You, it, oh, we went oh, and did the go-kart the uh, go the go thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was fun. That was, oh, I, I, I got the Italian pie shoppy one that we did. Oh yeah, that was good. Actually, like Chuck uh, told me, he was like, "Man, this this turned out really great." You know, like for a commercial, he was like, "But this shit would never fly in the real world." You know, he was like, uh, "There's oh, no way oh, that yeah. there's no way that Francis Coppola is gonna would ever let an Italian pizza shop use." footage from the godfather in it in a commercial <laughs> for a pizza shop so that'd be cool if they did yeah i mean you, it would you be probably... it would cost a lot it would cost a lot of money and number one that's like the godfather is his baby is you know coppola's baby like that yeah. is the thing he's most famous for i doubt that he would ever ever uh let somebody use that for a commercial I'm like, oh yeah. I and mean, it's still regarded as like one of the, you know, one of the best movies, you know, as far as like crime movies and crime dramas and stuff. Like, it's up there, man. The Godfather One and The Godfather Two are, are like at least two of the top five in every every one of those kind of lists. Somebody oh yeah. Know. Yeah. You know. Oh, oh yeah. Like you know uh, when I got drunk on antifreeze, mm -hmm. freaking. Um, I wasn't working at the time, you know, I was struggling for money. Like I sold this really good bike that I had. Like if you looked at my resume, you, you'd like, cause I, I have a lot of places where I worked with like time gaps in between it, you know? Mm -hmm. Cause I've tried to be financially free and stuff like that. So I, I've like tried these like uh, broker type programs or did special training, yeah. like in like uh, self-employed, you know. And I'm kind of a crazy person when it comes to trying, but I've always been like held back by fear. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, I've never you know, had. I, I, you know, I, I. There were a couple of times when I got uh, caught up in some things like that myself, or like uh, like MLMs, the mid-level marketing things. You know, you buy, you gotta buy stuff, and then, and then if it doesn't work out, then you're just stuck with their fucking shit products, and, and you're out your own money. Granted, like in me starting this thing, you know, like a, this podcasting thing that I that I have been working on. Um, yep. I yeah, I had to put money into it, but sorry, my dog is doing something really fucking weird. What are you doing? I think she tossed her. <laughs> I think she tossed her bone back behind something, so she's trying to... Oh. Yeah. <laughs> she's having a difficult time because you went to the... Whatever. But, uh, yeah, you know, I and I, I had done that, uh, that like, uh, you ever had those people knock on your door selling magazines? Oh, oh, yeah. I, I, someone tried to get me to do it, but... Yeah, I did that for, uh, like, eight months, I think. And... Uh, the the crew that I was working with, uh, we got to Fort Wayne, Indiana, and this was in 2000. Um, 
we got to Port Wayne, Indiana, and I went to sleep uh, when I got in. But the rest of the, because uh, I had traveled ahead of the crew, and uh, it, with all the luggage and stuff, and just went to you know and followed like you know like the supervisors or whatever to uh, you know to this to the next hotel that we were gonna stay in or motel that we were staying in, and. Um, and the rest of the crew, which was like 30-something people, had all gone out to uh, like an amusement park. And at some point when everybody got in, I think it was almost like three in the morning or something because of the, the time change, uh, you know, from driving from one state to the other, uh, was, uh, I think it was probably like three in the morning that I got woken up and these guys were like, hey, this is a room. And I'm like, well, this is the room that they gave me. They gave me the key to this room. The, the owner gave me the key to this room, said, this is my room. And he was like, he was like, well, you're not in this room. And then my boss, the guy that was directly above me said, hey, it's cool. I got an extra bed in my room. You can just come crash out there and we'll figure the room situation out tomorrow. And, uh, and so I, I had gone down to you know, the end of the row where his room was and, and just crashed out in the bed. He turned on sports center and we went to sleep, man. Uh, the next morning, uh, the owner of the company calls down to, uh, calls down to the, the room and he was like, Hey, I'm looking for, you know, so-and-so. And I was like, man, uh, and they were like, and he goes, who is this? This is Dave. And I'm like, yeah. He was like, he, he was like, Hey, he was like, come get my stuff or come get my keys. At, you know, to my Corvette, you know, unload my shit. I'll give you 10 bucks if you do it. I mean, it was like five in the morning. Like I was super, super tired. So I get up, I, like he, he convinced me to go do it. I walk into the room, walk, I, get, I get down to his room. The door is open with the deadbolt, you know, like the deadbolt is keeping it open. So I knock on the door, nobody answers. I push the door open and I just see blood everywhere. And then I saw his what what they what the people in the company referred to as his road whore, um, because he was married. But when he was on the road, he always had a, a road whore. It's a terrible thing. To say. But you know, it's just somebody, some girl in the that was hired, uh, but doesn't want to go out and just you know, wants to do drugs and you know fuck all day. And, and so I saw her come out of the bathroom. And she was wearing this, like, uh, these black dress pants, a white dress shirt, covered in blood. And I looked at her and I was like, oh my God, are you okay? And she just like, she was coked out of her mind. And she was just like, uh-huh, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and then Air, and then this guy, the owner of the company comes out and he's wearing uh, just a pair of jeans. He's covered in blood. And this guy, is, he's short, but he's also like really built like he works out and shit you know so like just covered in blood you know and i'm like what the fuck he was like oh man i just cut my hand and he raised up his hand you know and i could see that there was a gash across his fingers gives me his keys tells me to go unload his shit um so i get all of his stuff unloaded and i bring it into the room and then i leave i never got the ten dollars that he promised me yeah <laughs> and uh and, and uh, that's when everybody else started waking up. And then there was like, I remember this one girl just like freaking out. Uh -huh. And I was like, what the hell? I'm like, what are you doing? And then she was like yelling at this other guy. And she was like, you fucking killed him. You fucking killed him. 
like she was somebody that we had just hired. I got like recently, like probably like a month prior to this happening, uh-huh. and she was traveling with us under, using somebody else's identification of a girl that died in a crash months earlier. So she took this girl's identity because she kind of looked like her, I think. And she was probably on the run for something herself or didn't want to be found or whatever. I, I didn't find that out until the until the discovery happened, you know, like later on the, the, when the, the, the police were doing all their work and stuff. But, uh, and I was like, I was like, dude, what? I looked at this guy that that was uh, there with me, and he had been at the company longer than I had. And I and he was like, Dave, come on, you, you know. And so I followed him, and we're walking up to go get coffee from the office, you know, the uh, motel office. And he was like, look over there, man. And he just he was like, look over there, but don't look over there, kind of thing. He was like, man, yeah, they got. He was like, that guy, we got into a fight with some guy last night. And they fucking kicked the shit out of him and threw him in that ditch. And there was a guy over there. He went and, and they threw a blanket on him. Like they stomped the shit out of this guy. Uh, and like literally stomped on his face, jumping on his head. Oh, wow. Dragged him to a fucking drainage ditch between the motel and like some, you know, strip club or whatever. That was just uh-huh. off the highway in Fort Wayne and threw a blanket over him. So this one, this one kid goes over there to check to see if he's okay, rolls him over, said a huge blood clot just rolled out of his face. Like, like he was dead. Oh, wow. Um, they, uh, yeah, it was, it was really fucked up. Um, yeah, there's, uh, you know, one of the guys is actually still in prison for it. I felt bad. They had asked me, he had asked me to testify on his behalf, but, like, and initially I said yes. You know, I was like, yeah. But then they said they couldn't use my testimony because it didn't line up with what he was telling them. And so, and I and I always felt really bad like that, but I'm not going to lie on the stand for somebody. I'm oh, gonna, yeah. I'm not going to fabricate a story. I told you, I told you what happened. You know, I told you what I saw. Yeah, it was a, it was, it was pretty fucked up. The guy was, the guy that was killed was like 33 the one that got the biggest sentence was 18 years, had just turned 18 years old and is still in prison. Oh. So this is 20, he's been in prison for 20 years now. Oh, damn. Because, because he got mixed up with the wrong fucking group. And this uh-huh. was, this fight that happened, um, and you can find, this information is online. Um, I've showed, I've showed the, the articles and stuff to a few people, <laughs> you know, uh, but, uh, oh, yeah. like, and, and I follow and, you know, and it's something that I still follow, uh, at times mm-hmm. I look, cause you know, the appeals and shit like that. Um, I don't think I, man, I feel awful for this kid. He's not even a kid anymore. He's a grown ass man. He's almost 40. He's probably 38 years old now. Cause it happened. Yeah. 20 years ago. So 37, mm-hmm. 38 years old and spent the, spent half of his life in prison. Uh, because he took, you know, participated in a fight in a, you know, in this jumping or whatever, you know, these guys, uh, that that wasn't his idea. It was, oh, yeah. uh, it it was the uh, from what I, from what I heard, they had like the owner and his, you know, quote unquote road whore had gone to the strip club next door, had met this guy, 
and invited them back to the motel to party, you know, probably for, you know, cocaine and whatever. Um, and uh, at some point, uh, you know, a fight happened and uh, he swung a beer bottle at the owner, which at the owner's head, uh, intending it to break it over his head. And he blocked it with his hand, which is how his hand got cut because the bottle broke on his hand instead of his face. They, uh, the police actually let the owner of the company drive right off after they showed up to the, to the, to the motel. I watched them let him go. He eventually did get a, did do some prison time. Later on, the, the owner did, uh, for, I think, doing something like, a, it was like a, a cocaine ring or something like that. But, yeah, these people were not, uh... I mean, they weren't bad people. They were taking advantage of of people like me who didn't have anything. I think when I got hired, when they convinced me to join, I I was jobless. I didn't have any way to pay my rent. You know, I was living with my you know I was living with my brother and my sister, but I didn't have a job. I didn't have. It was like my car was sitting on a flat a flat spare tire. At, at a gas station just like down the street from my house with a note in it said please don't tell my piece of shit car I'll uh, <laughs> get the tire fixed and uh, yeah and then I got a knock on the door and this guy's who was clearly almost 40 fucking years old telling me that he was in a seniors contest and that he was selling you know telling me he was in high school and I was like which high school you know and he was like the one down there and I'm like oh yeah what's the name of it I knew it was bullshit he was like, hey, man, you want to roll with us? You don't have a job. And, and, and I took him up on offer. You know, they promised to take me to California. Guess what? Never made it out to California. Uh, <laughs> not with that. I've been to California, but not with that job. Uh, we stuck around the Midwest and the East Coast the, the eight months that I was with them. And it was awful. I was a vagrant. I was dirty. Like a lot of times I sucked. I sucked at that job, man. I could not sell magazines for shit. Uh, I got the cops yes. called on me all the time. I, dude, my, like, my, like, my clothes were so dirty. At one point, I had to borrow money. Like, my socks smelled so bad. Like, I had to borrow money to, like, wash my clothes. Because I didn't have any oh. money. Because they make you pay for your own room and board. And, and your food and everything. So, they take that out of your cut. They're like, mm -hmm. oh. And, and if you don't, if you don't make your quota, if you can't pay your rent for that week, well, then it just goes on the... It just goes on the back burner on your tab, basically. So you're not actually, you can't, like, at eight months, there was no way that I was ever going to be able to sell. Even if I was selling magazines every single door that I knocked on, there's no way I would have fucking made it out of that. So when it comes to things like, you know, doing sales jobs like that or, you know, like, oh, you could be your own boss uh, selling perfume. Maybe you just haven't found the right system. Uh, no, mm-mm. No, I did find the right system. The right system is my system. Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, I mean, like, you know. Hey, everybody. I just wanted to thank you once again for listening. If you can think of anyone in your family, uh, circle of friends, coworkers, uh, whatever, if you know somebody that that may have gone through similar struggles or might currently be struggling. Uh, please, uh, if you think that, that,
that listening to this might be helpful to them in some way, please share it with them. Please uh, just let people know I'm I'm not after your money. You know, I uh, I haven't even made a PayPal account yet, but uh, it it might happen. I would like to see this turn into something sustainable if I can. Uh, but I, the the main goal is to help people. Right now, the podcast is available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, uh, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and I will let you know as soon as it is available on other platforms. Right now, uh, iTunes and a couple other ones are still pending. If you would like to be a guest on the show, just send me an email at dissociatedpresspodcast at outlook.com, or you can uh, contact me through the Facebook page. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful night. Remember, there is only one of you, and you are my favorite.